Hey y'all, welcome back to the Bad Activist Podcast. My name is Julia, and today I am joined with our other Bad Activist Collective member, Mitzi. Hey everyone, so nice to see you. Well, hear you. (laughs) Or you can hear us. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, so today is uh, the last episode of season one of the Bad Activist Podcast. We have had a lot of fun, we had some amazing guests, got to cover a lot of really amazing topics. So we are wrapping up season one um, today, talking about something that Mitzi here talks about a lot, which is love will win the revolution and thinking about how solidarity, care, and love is what drives forward our our activism, our organizing, and our work. So to kick us off, Mitzi, maybe you want to tell me just a little bit about like, what are your thoughts when you say that, when you feel that, when, when you hear that? For me, it's like a revolutionary love that that's what grounds you to your activism. Like that's what keeps you going when things are extremely difficult. I I have to put this disclaimer because a lot of people misconstrue it in different ways that it doesn't, when I say love is what wins revolutions, doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and it's going to be happy and fluffy and sparkly, but like it won't be easy. That's why you need something like love, something that really sustains you. And sometimes that means being angry and being sad and having rage. And that's connected to that revolutionary love because where you're coming from is this love for people and humanity and and the planet. I love that. And I love that because I think that it's, I don't know, it's so important because I always feel like there's always two things I hear a lot from folks. And one of them is like, man, y'all are just so angry and you're fighting with everything and everything's a problem. And it's just like, that's kind of not at all what it is. Yes, like there's a lot of shitty things in the world that we're pushing back against, but you can't just be like anti a bunch of things or you can't just be like against a bunch of things. You have to have like a vision or something that you want to push forward. And I always think it's interesting because I feel like so many of the like really radical people that I know are also like some of the like kindest and softest and most empathetic people. And like, there's this like kind of view of like these just like ragey people from the outside, <laughs> which is totally true because they're all badasses and like doing that work. But like, I, I think that like the most powerful work comes from this like really just like intense caring and, and love for each other. But then like on the flip side, it's also, I always find it's interesting because I feel like, especially when I was younger, I always heard this like, well, you know, like, you're young, you're so naive and just thinking everything is like great and like beautiful in the world. And like, you know, when you grow up, you'll be hardened by reality and realize that like, you too need to be a free market capitalist or like, you know, whatever type (laughs) of shit people are trying to say. Um, And I think that that's also part of it is it's like, it's not this like naive, like you said, like bubbly vision, like everyone is so nice and sweet and like, we all are going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya or whatever. But it's instead this like, I think like deep understanding of humanity. The people I know who are super, you know, positive, not in like a happy-go-lucky way, but like, you know, have this optimistic view are also the people who who are most in tune with like what is going on in the world and are not naive. They're instead like, you know, thinking about these things in in this all-encompassing way. I feel like when you're an activist that really is in tune with everything that's happening, you kind of need that hope, that thing that you fight for, like you mentioned, otherwise it just gets so overwhelming and everything is just up in the air and you don't know how to move forward and I feel like love is what anchors me a lot when I'm feeling burnt out and when I'm feeling sad when I'm feeling like 
nothing is worth it anymore. And then you remember, right? Oh, right. That's why I'm doing this. This is why I'm going for this. Like, not like as an opposite to the anger and sadness, but as a complementary. And and um, it's so true. Like, I can't imagine activists not being kind because you're an organizer, right? Like, how do you organize people if the first thing you do, like actual people, like not the fossil fuel industries and the 1%, the capitalists, but like, yeah. how do you organize people if you're not patient and understanding? Like, we shouldn't expect people to understand all the isms right away and, and to be able to be all this right away because... I mean, that's not how the system is set up. Like, we're not born revolutionaries. If we were, then the system wouldn't be like this. Yeah. Oh, I love how you were talking about hope. Like, um, one of uh, a, an abolitionist and organizer that I very much respect and uh, follow their work, Mariam Kaba, is like one of her biggest things that she says is like, hope is a discipline. And that's something that like really helped shift a lot of things for me because I always saw like, oh, like, optimistic and positive as like these you know like in this kind of like toxic positivity like everything's gonna be okay if you just look on the bright side you're like it's not okay you know but instead understanding that like hope as a discipline or like this way of radical imagination or like of having you know a future that we can like work towards and view is is instead this practice that we have to do every day because um if not then we're like I say all the time just kind of like pushing back on like the symptoms of issues and not like getting to the core and then also thinking about like what does what does it look like to have a just future to have a livable planet to have like a community oriented like society because if we don't have like that if we don't have like at least something in our mind that we're working towards then you know like we're never going to be able to 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 build to that goal i love that i love that radical imagination also it's like exactly what we need because that's what you know society and mainstream media is like keeping away from us like like there's so many disaster movies where it's so much easier for people to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism right like that's a famous quote or something um yeah. And that's what you need. Like you have to be able to be creative enough and to imagine a world outside of what we're used to. And that's how you change it. Otherwise, you're, you'll just keep, like what you said earlier, like you'll just keep fighting against things and being anti-something, but not able to go towards what you're pro. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think the goal of a lot of the systems is like the people working to to fight against them is like the goal is to just grind you into the ground, burn like burn you out and then harden you. And one of my favorite things I've like ever heard in my entire life was um, it was an Instagram live that was being led by Aja Monet, who is like a, like a poet and like a radical revolutionary and very, very amazing. You should look into her stuff. But um, she said, what is solidarity if not loving a stranger? And like that, that way, and I think like, you know, the kind of James Baldwin is very famous for saying like, love has never been a popular revolution or or never been a popular movement. And it's that like, like so many of the systems set up is like to alienate people from each other to, you know, put blame to scapegoat and then to have this like, you know, deep in like seated fear that like other people are going to take your shit or that like there's only so much um, available, whether that be like resources or attention or like, you know, whatever it is. And it's, so it's like when we're all put into that like scarcity mindset and and we're saying like, OK, you know, 
I would want to care about other people, but I got to protect my own. I have to like close off and harden in like that is what keeps all of these systems of, of power like trucking forward where if we can think through like solidarity as this like extreme love for a stranger and being like, yes, like, you know, talking about collective liberation isn't just this like buzzwordy stuff. It's like literally that, that, you know, other people's liberation, other people's like livelihoods is like so tied up in your own. Um, and that like, we can only be liberated when we all come together. And like, that has to be fueled by like love and care for people and the planet. And uh, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to start crying because I'm thinking about yeah, it. Like exactly that. It's like, you can only build community with love and care and like really being an activist is just caring about people. That's what it is at its core and like decentering yourself. And that's what love is, right? Like thinking more about other people than yourself, thinking more about the person you love than yourself. And it's really just the opposite of what like capitalism and imperialism and race and all these isms are making us think of. Like, as you said, like that scarcity mindset of just thinking of ourselves and instead, it's like the complete opposite of that. And like, suddenly you have to think of someone else, of other people. And that's essentially what we're asking for. Like one, a society where we are one community that thinks of each other, like everyone. Yeah. The one thing I also love is like thinking about love and solidarity, like requires you to see people as like whole human beings and not just as like the good or the bad or like these sweeping generalizations that we have of different people or even of ourselves like I think that that's also part of it is it like there becomes this need to to understand and see people like fully um which I think is really hard sometimes because it's like (laughs) accepting that like you people you care about do bad things and that like you know understanding where people come from not as an excuse to to like what they do but you know like I think it's really easy to just like be like okay well these people fucked let's just like cross it off and like (laughs) cancel them or whatever that looks like um but you know I think that there there's this need for like deep 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 understanding um and that is Easier said than done, because I think that it could get really frustrating to go through that. And I feel like that fits in so much with what the concept of bad activist is, like that accountability and and being willing to help each other to be better and not just, as you said, cancel them. And that comes from love, I would say, because why would you care about someone's development and someone getting better if you don't care about them? Like... I would have given up on so many people if I didn't care about them and and the movement and and just the fight for climate justice because sometimes it hurts and it's fine if you don't like necessarily love everyone right away and feel this right away that's completely valid because of how shitty everything is but I feel like it's definitely something that you should strive for and strive towards yeah definitely like you said that's so much of what bad activists is put is put on is because it's like we are not perfect. We are humans that are trying to do our best. And it's like, how do we kind of come together? And and I think that's also what's interesting on a space like this is I feel like sometimes uh, I get a lot of folks who are like, wow, y'all are just talking about so many different things and all <laughs> over the place. And like, can't you just focus? Um, but, you know, as Audre Lorde said, like, there's no, there's never any single issues because people don't live like single issue lives. And that's the whole like concept of intersectionality and all these other things is like, just like talk about climate justice and also disability justice and all these things because like 
it's like the right thing to do or like because it's cool to care for those people but like literally because like they're all so 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 interconnected and like when we think about this kind of revolutionary love um, and this radical imagination, like no one can get left behind because if there are people who are being left behind, then that's not like our our end goal of this just future for, for people in the planet. And so it's like, we talk about all these things together and it may feel like we're spreading ourselves thin or like, you know, always trying to bring something else into context, but that's like what we need to do is cause we're like ever expanding and trying to understand so many of these things that like a lot of them end up overlapping or end up being kind of like the same three things over and over, but like in different variations. Um, but that's like what's necessary to, to really like think about this, um, collective liberation. And there's no way to be like, Oh, you know, this is the most important issue. And once we cover this issue, I feel like I get all the times so people like, well, like who cares what happens if like the planet is dying. So like we got to tackle, um, climate change first and then we'll tackle racism. And I'm like, well, how are you going to tackle climate change if you're not tackling like imperialism and all these other things? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like yeah. you can't put them in these perfect little boxes. Um, cause that's not how the world works. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it when people go like, oh, the climate crisis is the greatest threat that humanity has ever faced. And it's just like, which portion of humanity? Like, different groups in humanity have faced these great threats for so long, and we literally cannot separate them, as you mentioned. And yeah, like, like tying back to that radical imagination, I feel like you need that to be able to see the connections, not because they're not clear or like they're imaginary, but because in a way like they're being kept away from us like they're like they're legitimately just trying to cover our eyes to see how connected we are from each with each other and that we need to work together towards that common liberation yeah there's a lot of time energy and money spent by people in power to silo like communities and to stop Mm -hmm. like uh folks from like working together in, you know, very legitimate things like in not very not legitimate. That's not the word. Very formal instances like in, uh, in unions and class solidarity things. And then in informal stuff and thinking about how we talk about like cross cultures and like the connections or the differences between that. I hate the kind of reductionist shit. That's not like we're all the same. Like that's obviously not how it is. It's not like, Oh, we're all one race, the human race. Like <laughs> that shit sucks but it's like there are these these common ties that it's like you know we fight alongside each other um and together and understand that we you know we might be fighting different battles but like that that they all are yeah this kind of like interwoven together um and I think that that's like what what's beautiful is like once we get to that space and like an understanding of that, like then we can kind of like actually start to do real work. Because if not, we're all just like fighting about stupid stuff. <laughs> it's like like you said, different battles, but like one war, I guess. It's just it's just one thing, and and there are definitely like differences between people, and you should be calling people out on that, and like in calling out people constructively um, not just like calling out to cancel them but um it's important to know that we should all be going towards one goal um and and that is like a community that loves i guess a community that no that leaves no one behind like as you mentioned earlier that feeling is such a nice feeling also it's not like just something that's abstract but recently i went to um and we do this 
in almost every protest that we have our indigenous peoples in, um, especially the indigenous peoples led protests. So the Lumad indigenous people here in the Philippines, I went to like their school graduation because they have their own schools and everything. And every time it always ends with community dancing. So first it'll be them and then they'll invite us and they'll kind of bring us in and you just dance in a circle. And it's just, it's a different feeling. Like you just suddenly everything is like, yeah, this is what we want. This is what we need. And it's not something that's something that's abstract. Like these small pockets of community and love and the things that we're fighting for, the things that we're hoping for, they already exist in small spaces. And I would recommend really everyone to try to build that if you don't have it yet or find it and really just anchor yourself in that because it was such a great experience that we didn't know each other. Like there were people there that we didn't know, but you'd smile at them. Well, I assume they were smiling because we were wearing masks, but their <laughs> eyes, <laughs> but you'd laugh with each other. You're dancing with each other. And it's just this, this, this pure joy that is so difficult to experience now with all the shit that's happening. And it's so good to have like those small pockets of community that, is centered on love. It's so, honestly, it's actually so interesting that you say that because, like, it took me a really long time to understand, like, what community was because growing up, like, I grew up in a mostly white suburb um, in the United States and community was always this thing that was, like, weaponized and it wasn't about, like, collective care people within the community. It was, like, protecting the community from people on the (laughs) outside. And so it was, like, the only time we ever talked about community was, like, when we're, like, well, we have to protect the community from, like, whatever it is, like, you know, these people that are trying to, like, take our stuff or hurt us or, like, all of these things. And so it never felt like this, like, thing that, like, bonded or connected or, like, that there was care within that. It was always just, like, community is is this, like, bubble and barrier you have that protects you from things on the outside. Um, and it wasn't really until I spent time in, like, queer spaces and really understood, like, the queer community. And then I started doing, like, community organizing and, like, working, like, within so many um folks that like both institutions and governments like they had all left them behind so like it was always like mutual aid and community care that was keeping those folks together and like when I started working and organizing with them that like I truly understood what community meant as not this this like theoretical thing that like can be weaponized but like instead like this ways in which we you know you may not know every single person in whatever community it is depending on the size but like it's about like really that collective care and that was like totally like mind-blowing to me like a whole other (laughs) thing because I always heard people like talk about community I was was like okay it's just like theoretical like (laughs) weird thing or like you know maybe and then like once you're actually in um you know surrounded by like people and space of that like really truly care about each other and and like do that kind of work like it changes everything and that like the those lessons is like brought me to be like the yeah the organizer and the person that yeah. I am today same like sometimes you fight within your own community but like at the end of the day you know you're fighting for the same thing like going towards the same goal I guess in the Philippines, especially like with activism being so dangerous here, like a lot of activists, just even if you don't know each other, if you know the other person's an activist, you suddenly feel a lot safer just being in the space because you know that there's at least someone there with you who 
knows the dangers, someone there who is fighting for the same thing. And that's that's that care that you kind of build through that community. And it exists already. And that's that's something that I think really needs to be impressed upon people because they think that, oh, it's all just an idea, like as you said, like a theoretical thing, but they do exist and we just need to find them. Um, and like love I guess (laughs) yeah well and that's why I always always advocate that like no matter what you do on like a national international or global scale like you gotta do something like within your immediate vicinity Mm -hmm. like you have to do some sort of like mutual aid like on the ground organizing like like community gardens like I don't care what it is like I just think that like that because that's what keeps you grounded and that's like when you can see it when you can feel that love when you can like like do something physically with like your hands and with your community and like uh you know that I think that's what keeps me going because if not if I was just like feeling like isolated and like just doing things digitally only like you know which I do a lot of things online so but like you know if that was the only thing you're doing I think that that like it can get so easy to be like swept away in it and sometimes you need to like come back and and ground into you know what is that community reconnect with those people and and also like the folks that you organize with like you need to do fun things you know Tori and I talk about that all the time is that I think that people have this like idea that like we're all or like a lot of activists or like all of us are super serious but like we are like the least serious people ever and like like you have to have that like joy and and that care to come in because like that's what keeps you going (laughs) yeah like like we're doing such difficult things like what we're going against like everyone not just activists is such difficult systems that have existed for so long and if you don't like it sounds super cheesy but like if you don't make friends and connections along the way then then it's super graining and super tiny and I feel like these friendships these relationships these connections is what also helps us like expand our view from what we're thinking of especially like between global north and global south activists and like privileged activists and less privileged activists you gain a more concrete understanding of all the theoretical concepts and you understand and see what it's like through your friends experiences and then you're suddenly like oh wow yeah, it, that's going to push me even further because I know someone, I know people, but it shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to know people to do that, but it helps. Like yeah. it makes things a lot more concrete. Well, that's back to those like deep connections is like really trying to like understand and see things beyond just this like, ah, yes, I have this idea of a concept is to be like, okay, what does it actually look like happening in like real people's lives and how do those things kind of connect and stuff? Um, and, and that's what just like brings you deeper. And I feel like that's why, like, you can never know everything. Like we're always learning. There's always more people sharing more stories and more experiences. And I feel like every time I think that I know, I know something, I'm like, damn, Julia, you a dumb ass. You don't know shit. Like, uh, you need to keep on going, which is fun. And that's like, uh, you know, part of the growth process. And that's like what makes us, you know, continually wanting to be better. And, uh, and yeah, and I think that that's like, that's what makes it all worth it. Yeah, I love, I, I feel like once you also start to put yourself in that concept of love and care, you also accept criticism easier, because then you, well, you think slash, you know, that the people giving you this constructive criticism are also coming from a place that they just want you to get better. And so it's just, 
it makes it easier for you to also not feel bad when you have to like learn things and it makes learning like fun and not that's not to say that like you won't be uncomfortable you still have to be but like um it just makes the learning process a lot more doable and and concrete i guess yeah because if your goal in like what you're doing is to actually like make change then of course like when you learn new things or when people call you in like it's just furthering you along that path but like when you're just doing something to like save face or like be right or like to be the most woke or whatever (laughs) shit then like then you know that's where the kind of like perfectionism comes in where it's like well if I make a mistake I am a mistake and therefore I have to be perfect and I'm gonna like grind my feet into the ground and be like I can't change my mind um and and that's not you know like people learn evolve and grow and also like part of it is is knowing that there's like whole like that there's multiple truths that there's not like there's not like a one right answer to everything and so you can like hold and understand the experiences of many people um and be like okay I see where they're coming from like I agree on this thing but like and then you're not so kind of like black and white, which, you know, I think like that, that kind of like staunchness um, in always being right, like doesn't allow us to do like coalition building or like work across communities. And so it's like, how do we both like hold on to our values and our understandings, but then like are able to be flexible enough to, to work with different people across different spaces? Exactly. And I feel like really that's how you accept that you yourself aren't a perfect activist and that other people will never be perfect activists, that we're all bad activists. If you know that everyone is still trying to change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like when you understand that everyone's on a journey and they might not be at the same place, then you can kind of like appreciate that folks are like working towards, uh, you know, learning more and, and being better and that there is no finish line. And so it's like, we're all just doing the best we can with what we've got. Um, and as long as like we're wanting um, and interested in like moving forward in like a really like, you know, authentic way, then that's what bad activists is about. Ugh. Exactly. Wow, this was a nice little tie up. Look at that bow. We're like, what is a bad activist? Love, solidarity. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Like, it's just remembering that everyone is still on that journey and that we're all going there together and like there is no other way to go there but together like through that community through that care through that love it's that's how you get there wherever there is wherever they well, we're radically imagining it <laughs> <laughs> oh well that sounds like a perfect place to to wrap it up we have had so much fun this first season. We're super excited for season two to come in the fall. Bad Activist is produced in partnership with Climate Control Projects. So you can follow our work on Instagram at Bad Activist Collective and uh, online at badactivistcollective.com. Thanks, y'all. See you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.